All right. Well, good evening. Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We're going to look at one verse here as sort of a theme verse for us as we think about the idea of prayer over the next coming weeks on Wednesday nights. And uh, then we're going to go look at some specific passages that we can dig into a little bit on the subject of prayer. Psalm 119, of course, you know, is the longest psalm or chapter in the Bible. Um, And it is right really in the center of your Bible. Psalm 119 has a lot to say about God's word. But uh, if you look down at verse number 126, the Bible says this. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. For they have made void thy law. Psalm 119, 126 says, It is time for thee, Lord, to work. For they have made void thy law. When it comes to the topic of prayer, we must understand that it is God that works in hearts. It is God that does the work. And that's why the psalmist says here, It is time for thee, Lord, to work. So, God does His work. We know that as we read through the pages of Scripture. We see His work in the nation of Israel in the Old Testament and the surrounding nations. In the New Testament, we read about His work through His Son, Jesus Christ, who came to die on the cross for our sins and who was, who was crucified, who was buried, who rose again on the third day, who ascended up into heaven. And then He gave His disciples a great commission, right? That He's that is passed on to all of us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that we are to go forth and make disciples. And then, of course, we read through the epistles and the Acts and Romans as God was giving this message of salvation to the world. He was spreading it out through His missionaries, people that were out to go and share the gospel. And those missionaries, of course, were sent out of the local church. And the local church was the engine that God used to spread the gospel throughout the New Testament time period and until this day. And the local church will learn about uh, a little bit tonight. They used prayer. They were faithful in prayer. And in fact, when you read through the book of Acts, which of course we're studying on Sunday nights right now, you read about lots of prayer when it comes to the local church in the book of Acts. But as we understand that It is God that does the work. So if God does the work, then what part do we have in the work? And if God does the work, what point is there to prayer anyway? Why do we pray? When we look at at the Bible and we read about prayer, we really find a, a basic understanding or definition of prayer is this. Prayer is defined as communication with God. Prayer is defined as communication with God. So, if prayer is communication with God, and God's Word, the Bible, is God communicating through us, communicating to us directly, then how do we pray? What should we pray? Does it matter if we pray? So, let's look at several things um, when it comes to prayer, especially in the New Testament. Uh, Turn to the book of Acts. We're going to look at a couple of instances, several instances here in the book of Acts of the early church as they prayed to God. 
And we're going to notice three different types of things that the early church prayed about or made matters of prayer. And as the early church is a wonderful example for us today in our spiritual lives, in our prayer lives, I think we can learn something from what they had to pray about. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's a struggle to pray. And sometimes it's a struggle to know what to pray about. And sometimes when you get praying, you feel like you get distracted easily, or it's hard to even start praying. And when you do pray, you kind of pray for your little list of things that you're used to praying for, and then you run out of stuff to pray about. And so there's three things that we see here in the book of Acts in the early church that they prayed about. The first thing that we see as a focus of prayer is personal prayer concerns. Things or requests that they were asking about needs that they had personally. The second thing that we'll see are congregational prayer concerns or corporate prayer concerns. Things that they were praying about for the body of Christ, for other people in the body of Christ, for struggles that people were having that way. And then the third thing that we'll notice are kingdom prayer concerns. Praying about the expansion of God's kingdom. That souls would be reached and lives would be changed through the word of God. So you have your Bible, you're in the book of Acts. Look at chapter 1 and verse number 13. It says, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They continued in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So the first thing we notice here about this prayer, they prayed together. This was corporate prayer. This was a group of Christians praying together about spiritual needs of the body. It was men and women together. It included some of the disciples. It included Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it says, with the women. So these were other women who were followers of Jesus. And it says, and with his brethren. These could have been other brothers of Christ beyond just the um, disciples of Christ or the apostles, the twelve that followed him. So this is a group of people in this example praying together. What exactly were they praying for? Well, in this passage, it's not listed out exactly what they were praying about. But we know that directly after this, verses 15 and following, the Holy Ghost comes upon them. And they're filled with the Holy Ghost. And Peter goes out and preaches. And the day of Pentecost happens. And we have all of these people come to Christ. So we know that they were praying together for God to work. They were praying perhaps about what they should do next. They were praying for direction, right? Christ had just descended up into heaven. And he had just given them a commission. He had just told them to do something. And so they gathered together to pray about it. Look over at chapter 2 now of Acts. Chapter 2 and verse 42. The Bible says this. And they continued steadfastly in the, doctor, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and... In prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man 
had need, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They were praying together as a congregation for congregational prayer concerns. That's why as they came together and they prayed about needs, they decided to sell what they had and they shared them around with other members in the church so that everybody was taken care of. We know in this time there were many Christians in the church who were slaves, who didn't have anything. People who, by trusting Christ also, others had been kicked out of their houses. They weren't following the pagan religions of the day or they weren't following after the Judaism and the teaching of the of those who followed after just the law and rejected Christ. And so they shared their prayer and concerns with one another and they prayed for one another. Look now at chapter 4. Chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. The Bible says this, Neither was there, I'm sorry, and with, I'm in the wrong place here. Acts 4.23, that's what I wanted to say, Acts 4.23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So what has just happened? Well, Peter and John have gone out. They've been preaching and teaching the gospel. They have been doing the work that God has called them to do. They have been taken in by the religious leaders of the day and have been threatened and told not to continue preaching the gospel. So now they were let go. They went back to their group, their congregation, their church, and they reported what had been said unto them. In verse 24, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to the Lord, to God, with one accord. Okay, they're praying together, right? There's a focus to this. There's a a singleness of purpose in this prayer. It says, And they said, Lord, Thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Sounds similar to the Lord's Prayer, doesn't it? When we pray, we should pray and say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. It starts out with praise to God. That's what they do. They lift Him up. And then it says in verse 25, Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast appointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. See, they're affirming that they were there to obey God's word. That's what the people had done back in previous times, and that's what they were going to do as well. They remind the Lord of the problem that they're facing. You say, but God already knows the problem. And yet the people, as they joined together, they prayed specifically about the problem they were facing. Notice verse 28. Uh, seven. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined for, for to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings 
And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. This sounds like a kingdom prayer concern, doesn't it? They saw the problem. They said, we've been threatened. We've been told not to preach the gospel. And so they come together as a body and they say, Lord, you've heard how we've been threatened. You've heard how we've been told to stop. And yet we want a purpose just like the Israelites of old to obey you in all things. And you've told us to share the gospel. So they pray for boldness that they may speak thy word. He says, by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. What a prayer. And when they had prayed, the Bible says, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So as they prayed to God for power and boldness, what happened? God answered their prayer and gave them boldness to speak the word of God. It's interesting. We could ask the question, did the prayer change God or did the prayer change them? Well, we know as they prayed to God and asked Him for their help, expressed their reliance upon Him, they now had the strength to speak the word of God with boldness. And you said, but they already had the word of God. What changed? God changed them through their prayers. He gave them boldness. It says they were filled with the Holy Ghost. This is an action that God performed upon them to give them the power to speak with boldness. It makes me think when we're sharing the gospel with others, we say, I'm afraid I need opportunity. Let's pray about it. Let's ask God for help. That's what these people did. They were praying that God's kingdom would go forward. Verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of these things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. It's interesting to note in this passage of Scripture that praying together not only gave them power and boldness, but it gave them great unity. You see that in the passage? That they were unified. They had one mind. They were of one accord. They had a singleness of purpose and focus. You see, prayer does many wonderful things for us, especially as we're talking specifically in this setting about corporate prayer. As we pray together, it helps us to focus on what God wants us to focus on. It helps us to have the power that we need to have to accomplish what God has called us to do. This is important. God did a great work a day. Let's look at one more passage here in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, which was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. That's an interesting line about that guy. He had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. So he came from an interesting background, didn't he? Grew up with Herod and Saul. You look at the leaders in this church. You have people from all over the world. You have people from lots of different backgrounds. You have people from lots of different social levels. You have people from lots of different educational levels, right? So what brings them together? Well, 
the Word of God, the person of Jesus Christ, and prayer. Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So they believe God is leading them to take Barnabas and Saul and send them on a special work. So how did they respond? What do we do when we feel like God is leading us to do something? What did they do? Verse 2, or verse 3, I'm sorry. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Again, they prayed together for God's work to go forward. We're going to do something over the next several weeks as we learn about prayer. Each week we're going to learn a little bit more about prayer and what it is and and how we are supposed to pray. And then what I'd like us to do is what we're about to do next. And that is to take a passage of Scripture that speaks specifically to prayer and use it sort of as our foundation or as our platform to pray through. I think this will do several things for us. One, we'll learn more about prayer by doing this. But also, it'll keep us focused and give us some real purpose as we pray together. I think, very simply, we can see through the book of Acts that prayer brought people together. And I want that to become what we do. I've been in too many prayer meetings where I felt like, you know, this little group prayed and they were the real prayer warriors. And then you had the people that prayed for two minutes and they ran out of stuff to pray, so they were just over there talking and laughing. And perhaps there are different places in their life, but wouldn't it be great if we could all grow together in that way. I found this great quote about prayer. This is by F.E. Marsh from his book, The Spiritual Life or Helps and Hindrances. He says this, Prayer is a sin killer. No one can sin and pray. For prayer will either make us cease from sin or sin will make us cease from prayer. Prayer is a power bringer. It is the hand which touches the hem of the garment of divine grace and causes the life which is in the divine one to flow into us. Prayer is a victory giver. In his book, A Pilgrim's Progress, Bunyan's Christian found out that the weapon of all prayer was sufficient to wound and defeat the adversary who would stop him in his progress as a pilgrim. Prayer is a holiness promoter. It's like the gentle dew which falls upon the thirsty plants and causes them to be refreshed and to bear fruit. Prayer is a dispute adjuster. Let any two brethren who are at odds with one another get on their knees and ask the Lord about any disputed matter and they will find the Lord saying to their troubled spirits, Peace, be still. Prayer is an obstacle remover. As Peter found when an angel came in answer to the prayers of the saints and delivered him from the prison of Herod's hate. And prayer is a Christ revealer. For it clarifies our vision and enables us to see the unseen. Wonderful thoughts as we think together about prayer. So now as we go to our passage of Scripture to pray, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew. Let's see if I can find it here. I've got it here for you so you can see it. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Uh oh. I wrote my chapters down wrong. Matthew chapter 6. I should know this. 
<laughs> it's terrible when you make a mistake in your note. And I'm like, I know that's not right, but I can't think what it is. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look beginning at verse 9. Let's actually, let's start back in verse 7. The Bible says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions. So just saying the same thing over and over and over again doesn't make any difference. He said the heathen do that. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So prayer isn't about who can pray the longest. It's not about who can say the same thing over and over the most times. And sometimes you hear that when it comes to prayer. Now this does not say praying a long time is a bad thing. But praying a long time just to pray a long time is not what God commands us to do. I remember sometimes as a boy, I thought that meant you were more spiritual if you could pray a long time. But just because you do pray a long time, maybe you've got a lot on your heart, so that may be a good thing. But he says, don't just use vain repetitions. But verse 8, he says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, like the heathen. He says, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. And I think this is one of those things that keeps us from prayer sometimes. You say, well, God already knows. So why should I pray about it? And yet God still wants to hear from us. How do we know? Well, this is the Lord Jesus Christ himself in his word in Matthew chapter 6 telling us how he wants us to pray. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer, but not just repeat the words of the Lord's Prayer, but really think what he's telling us to do. The first thing he tells us in verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. I want us to start out tonight by praying for believers to exercise the privilege of prayer. That it is a privilege to be able to come before God, a God who already knows what we need, and to talk to Him about it. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's not like we have to tell God something He doesn't already know, but He wants us to pray to Him. So what we're going to do tonight is on each of these things, we're going to take stop for a moment and we're going to pray about this specific thing, and then we'll go on to the next thing. We'll stop and we'll pray about that. So, Jason, would you start us off tonight and just take a moment and pray, lead us in prayer out loud and pray for believers, our group of believers here, and other believers to exercise the privilege of prayer. that our 
Amen. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, we just looked at the beginning of chapter nine, or verse 9 of chapter 6, but I'm having a trouble with this reference tonight. Uh, let's look at the second part of verse 9. He says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In this part of the prayer, we see Jesus as he's giving us this model prayer that we should praise and adore our Father in prayer. That we should praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And so let's just take a minute to do that now. I'll lead us in this portion. Father, we thank You for who You are. We praise You for Your goodness and Your love to us. We thank You for creating this world. We thank You that You have all power and that You can do whatever You desire. And Father, we thank You that we get to serve You and that we are Your children if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Thank you for your power, Lord, and we praise you for it, and we love you very much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the next thing we see is in the beginning of verse 10. He says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So this first portion of the verse, thy kingdom come. Come. This prayer is a prayer for God's rule in lost people's lives through salvation in Jesus Christ. He's praying for people to be saved. And we should pray for the same thing as well. So uh, this is one of those things we talked a little bit about the other day. Should we pray for unsaved people? Yes. He says pray that His kingdom would come. And His kingdom comes on this earth as people come to Christ and as they trust him that's how his kingdom has expanded now we know one day he's going to come set up his earthly kingdom his physical kingdom that we can see but for now we can pray for his spiritual kingdom to be advanced that it would be advanced in the hearts and lives of people as they hear the gospel and respond to the truth Alan would you like to pray for this go ahead Church, but that we would uh, also be telling them how they can come to know you. 
because you help us to really have an impact right here in our neighborhood and these houses and on these streets all around us. There are many, many different lost people that need to know you. And I pray that your word would shine brightly from us, from this church, and that you would use it in a mighty way, in that way, that we would uh, be able to make an impact uh, for you. Amen. We pray for God's rule in the lost people's lives through salvation in Christ Jesus. And then the second half of verse 10, he says, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So he's praying for believers to be about God's will in the world. To be about what God has called us to do. And that would be the evangelization that God has called us to do. To share the gospel with others. So we're praying for his kingdom to come. And he's praying for obedience on our part that we would fulfill God's will in our lives. And it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's desire that all men hear the gospel. And it is our desire to share the gospel with others. All right, Lord, would you lead us in prayer for this um, as we pray for God's will to be done? Amen. All right, let's continue on as we are looking here at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 11. He says, Give us this day our daily bread. He prays now for provision, that God would give us what we need right now. Give us the food that we need. Give us the things that we need um, for our lives. So Jason, would you pray for this? It's a very basic thing, and yet... God wants to hear even our smallest, smallest requests. Let's pray about this. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again today for providing for us and being our provider and our, our Father. And we know that you love us. We know that you give us the things that we need. We know that uh, in your word it says that you um, care for even the sparrow. Help us to be more faithful in the little things as well. 
providing for others as well as providing for ourselves. But I also ask that you would help us to remember to pray for our daily needs and our daily bread. We know that uh, you will because you have said that you will. I ask that you would help us to rely on your word and to take it for truth. Amen. So we prayed for daily provision. And now in verse 12, he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We need to pray towards personal repentance, confession, and healing of broken relationships. God wants to hear from us when we've done wrong. And yet, many times when we do wrong, we run from God, afraid to talk to Him. Afraid to talk to others. Feeling like we can't pray. And yet he says very clearly here, Lead us not into temptation, but... I'm sorry, I've skipped ahead. Uh, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive us when we fall short of what you've called us to do. Forgive us when we don't obey your word. And Lord, help us to forgive others. Let's pray about this now. I'll lead us in prayer. Father, thank you that you forgive sin. You've said in your word in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful that you are faithful to forgive sin. And Lord, as Jesus gave us the example in this prayer that we pray that our sin, our debts would be forgiven. Lord, I pray tonight and really echo what Jason prayed a little bit ago, that you would forgive us for the wrong attitudes and actions that we have, the times when we fail to do what you've asked us to do, and many times when we do things that you've told us not to do. Lord, help us as a church to be in one accord and in unity in our holiness and our righteousness before you that we would become more like you each day. And as we do right, that you would bless us. And Lord, I pray that you would help to mend other relationships and restore broken relationships that we may have in our lives. Give us opportunities to make things right with other people if we've wronged them. And Lord, I pray that other people would treat us in a way that would be right as well. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're almost finished here. Just a few more here. But this next one is found at the beginning of verse 13. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So there's prayer here for protection from Satan's temptation and ways. Isn't it wonderful that we can pray to God for protection? God hasn't just left us out in this world to fend for ourselves without any protection. We say, Why did God allow Satan to be at work in this world? Well, we don't know all the answers to that, but we do know that we can pray to God for spiritual protection. In fact, we know that they did that in the early church. They prayed for spiritual protection. They prayed for physical protection. They prayed that God would provide protection from the religious leaders, right? that He would give them boldness to preach the gospel. We read about that tonight. We know that they prayed for Peter when he was locked up in prison, that 
he would be set free, and he was. God answers prayers for protection. So let's pray for spiritual protection from Satan's temptations and ways. Lord, we thank you for uh, that we know that you are in control and that you are, have all power and that you um, have the ability to keep us from being um, drawn away by Satan. Lord, you, you do allow us to go through temptation for sin and trials and difficult things. And uh, but we thank you that uh, as your word says in James that there's no temptation that has taken us, but as such it is common to man. That you will make a way of escape when we are tempted and, and going through difficult things. You make a way for us to choose to do right. And um, I thank you that you have that power through you. And I pray that you would protect us as a church, as individuals, and um, help us to make right choices when we are faced with difficult things and the choices of whether or not we're going to do right or just don't. Even in little ways. Um, or in big ways. And we just pray that you would um, help us to honor you in those choices. Amen. Well, our final thing tonight is found at the end of verse 13. Matthew chapter 6, the end of verse 13. He says, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. We should pray that the Father would be glorified and exalted as he answers these prayers in his power and might. That God would get the glory, not us. That as he does a work, that his name would be lifted up and he would be exalted. Before we pray this final prayer uh, tonight, I'd like to add a few other things to this prayer and ask prayer for our church, that God would bless and that God would give us opportunities to share the gospel with people that we would see people saved. Uh, We just uh, are excited to see what God's going to do. So we need to be praying about that. Pray for God's provision and blessing in getting our facility where it needs to go. That uh, all the details get worked out with the architect and and the builder and so that we could get those things moving forward. A personal request for us, pray that our house would complete the sale and that it would close. We are currently set to close on April the 12th and pray that that would go through and all that would be completed because that would be a blessing. And uh, let's just take a minute and see if you have any personal or corporate or kingdom prayer requests to pray about. Any of you guys? Well, we've got a somewhat extensive plumbing job starting the morning. Kind of a bummer that we have to deal with, but just pray that it'll... Yep. Be. Okay. Pray about that. Anything? Yeah. Pray for boldness. It's so easy to be afraid. I was talking with the boys the other day about just go and hand the flyer to people, or go put it on the door, and we like want to stick it off and run away and hope they didn't see us or something just be bold so i've been learning just to go up and if i see someone through the window i smile and wave and (laughs) give them the invitation or put it on their door and go away and don't be afraid to go talk to people imagine they might actually come to church you don't want to be the person that was running away from their door (laughs) like i think i remember you so let's be bold 
as we share the gospel. Because we do have the good news and we do have God on our side. If we're doing His will, right? We just prayed that His will would be done and that His kingdom would come. And so if we're doing those things, we can have confidence. We can have boldness that we're doing what God wants us to do. Yes. Yep. God's going to get glory one way or another, but we have the opportunity to be the ones giving it to Him or be ones taking it away from Him. So we need to pray that we would be faithful in glorifying Him what we should do in, in what we do. All right. Anything else? All right, let's do, yeah. Okay, work. Pray for work. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel for you guys at work and for Laura and Shandy as they're out and about and meeting people and neighbors and things and for me as well as I meet people and talk to people, we'd be able to share the gospel with others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very important mission field. Mm. Anytime. All right, we'll pray about that. Okay, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's do this. Um, since there's just four of us, let's go around the room again, if that would be okay, and talk to the Lord and lift up these personal requests or group request or for some other member of the body of Christ that we know of, like Julia needs to have her baby, we'll pray for that and pray for souls to be saved and those things that we talked about. And uh, Laura, why don't you start us off and we'll just go around and I'll finish, okay? Father, thank you for the opportunity to share the gospel.